The following is a presentation of the Connection Church, a place where people are being set free. If you'd like to know more information about our community, you can join us online at connectionchurchnc.com. I want to say thank you for being here at Connection Church this morning. Guys, we had a wonderful morning. God has something planned for us here this morning that I'm just, if it's okay, I don't need to give you all a sermon. I don't need to preach. I don't even need to share with you some well-crafted words that I've tried to put together. So what I want to do this morning is not preach. This isn't a sermon. This is more of a conversation where I hope that you will be spurred to have conversation as you leave this place today. And so I'm just going to share with you some things that God has been sharing with me. Some things that He, the Holy Spirit, has been revealing to me over the last past, last several months. And I'll just say this, I'm not a a very deep thinker, and I'm not a person who is privileged with a wonderful mind, but I will say this, that when we stop and listen to God, He does answer. Amen? Amen? He answers, and He wants to talk to us, and He wants to share with us. And so what I'm getting ready to say is something that only God shared with me. Because I'm going to say that I believe that there is a very direct tie between generosity and the fulfillment of life. And as last week we shared, generosity does not only have to do with your finances and your money. But I believe as God has really changed my life over the past couple of months, that there is a direct correlation between our generosity and our fulfillment of life. I have uh, four friends, three of them that I don't know really at all, that I just heard about them, that I'm going to share with you this morning. And the first guy that I'm going to share with you is a guy by the name of Cain. I don't know Cain personally, but I've heard a lot about Cain and What I know about Cain is that he was a farmer. Cain was a wonderful farmer. Like, guys, we've never seen farmers like Cain. Cain has the best soil. Cain has the fields prepared. He has the unaid ability to grow fruit and vegetables and things like you and I have never seen to this day. They say that his fields are so untainted by contamination, there's no pollution. You see, Cain didn't have to deal with some coal ash spill. You know what I'm saying? Aren't you tired of hearing about the coal ash? Sounds like a terrible, dirty word. I know it's a devastating thing down there, but anyway, Cain didn't have to worry about the coal ash. Cain had fruit and he had vegetables, and this guy would put any farmer in this Piedmont Triad area to shame. That's Cain, and that's what he's known for. And then there's this other guy that, I'll be honest with you, I don't even know him well enough to call him by name. I have no idea his name. All I know about this guy is that he was a man of influence. I mean, this guy was filthy rich. This guy was in leadership, he had power, and he was a wonderful church person. Like, he kept all of the rules. He made sure that he obeyed his parents. 
He made sure that he respected his elders. He made sure that he even loved his neighbor. This guy was what we would call a great American young man. He probably, I've never spoken to him personally, but he would probably say yes sir and no sir. He's probably such a man of respect that he would probably call me reverend. That's just the way this guy is. And again, I can't call him by name because I just don't know it. The things that stand out about this guy is that he's rich and that he's polite. He obeys the rules and he's a leader. That's all I know about him. And then there's this other guy. I call him Zach. Now, Zach, he didn't have many friends. And to be honest with you, there's not many of you in here that would really like him either. We would just tolerate him because that's what we Christ followers do. We would say, I love you, but I don't like you type of thing to this guy by the name of Zach. Zach had a lot of money. And Zach is very fortunate because, man, if Zach needed more money, he could just go out back and get more money. It's crazy how it worked in Zach's life. Zach's bank account was getting a little low. He just went out back and got more. He was a jerk. He was actually a traitor, if that's what we would say today. He, he was a traitor. And, and then the fourth is you. I know some of you well in this room. And there's some of you, I don't even know your name. But you see, there's something that every one of those people that I just talked about, including yourself, that we have in common. Is that we have a choice to make. I said just a few minutes ago that I believe generosity is directly tied to the fulfillment of this life. I believe that there's many of us in this room that this isn't the first church service that we've been to. And we know all of the rules and we know all of the right things to say. We have even been trying to follow Jesus for years. You still have a choice to make. Because I used to think, I used to think that if someone encountered Jesus, I mean the real true Jesus, I used to think that if someone encountered Jesus, that their life would be forever changed. That's just my way of thinking until recently. And God has revealed to me, you see, I can't prove this mathematically. I cannot prove this scientifically. I can only prove this to you by what God the Holy Spirit has shared with me. You see, I believe that we have to make a choice in this life to be generous. Those three friends that I just talked about, and including yourself, you have to make a choice if you are going to be a person of generosity. I hope you have your Bibles or if you can follow on the screen because we're going to look at quite a bit of Scripture here over just the next few minutes. There's going to be a slide on the screen that I'd like for you just to ponder for just the next few minutes as I talk. But on the screen, there's going to be a slide that says this. I do not believe that in the church culture, in the Christian culture, I do not believe that we have a generosity problem. I don't think we do. You see, I think it goes a lot deeper than that. We don't have a generosity problem. We have a giving problem. You say, well, what's the difference? You know, last week we talked about there's going to have to be some things to change in our life. 
We're going to have to give some things up. We're going to have to give God our all. I think that in the church culture today, we have a giving up problem. And so every single one of us sitting in this room this morning, guys, we have a choice to make. Much like my friend Zach, this guy that I don't even know by name, he had to make a choice. And Cain, the farmer, he had to make a choice. And again, I will say, our generosity will greatly affect the fulfillment of our life. I don't know if you have your Bible, but if you do, this one won't be on the screen. So this one's a free one. It comes from Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25. And again, I said, I have no mathematical equation to prove this. I have no scientific equation. I just simply have what God has been saying to me over the last several months. And I have to make a choice just like many of you here today. Proverbs eleven twenty five. it says this. It says a generous man will prosper. Listen, I know that's a scary word in the church today. But maybe I'm going to be selfish for just a second. I want to prosper. Don't you? How many of you just don't want to prosper? If you don't want to prosper, then you can just empty your bank account here today. And we'll find something good for that money to go. I want to prosper. And Proverbs 11.25 says it, that a generous man will prosper. It says, he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. I need to see a show of hands. How many of you need to be refreshed today? You see, generosity is directly tied to the fulfillment of life. And if I could look into every one of your brains here this morning, I would see that there are some battles raging. There are some sad people here today. We're just sad. If I could look into your heart, I'd see that there are some angry people here today. There's some selfish people here today. And it's tied directly to how generous of a person we desire to be. So let's go ahead and start off with my friend that really doesn't have a name. If you're in a Bible, it comes from Luke chapter 18. And it starts here around the 18th verse. I'll just go to 19. This guy with no name, he says to Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Verse 19, Jesus says, why do you call me good? Jesus answered, no one is good except God alone. Jesus says to him, you know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not give false testimony, honor your father and mother. Verse 21, he says, all these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. Verse 22, when Jesus heard this, he said to him, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have, and what? And give to the poor. And you will have treasures in heaven. Then come follow me. Verse 23 says, when he heard this, 
he became very what? He became very what? He became very sad. And listen to this. It says he came, became very sad because he was a man of great wealth. This is my friend that I don't even know his name. But he had to make a choice. He desired to follow Jesus. Like he really wanted it so much that he went up to Jesus and said to him, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And I believe that he was thinking of some other answer Jesus was going to give him because when Jesus gave him the answer and when Jesus asked him to be generous and to give this young, rich ruler that we do not know his name, it says that he went away sad because he chose to take for himself and he chose To basically be selfish. He chose to be about himself. And so right here proves that someone can encounter the real Jesus and their life cannot be changed. This guy face to face with our Savior and he chose himself over Jesus. My friend Cain. I, I, I like the story of Cain and, and Abel. Some of you probably know it from early on in Genesis chapter 4. I told you Cain was this unbelievable farmer. His soil was not tainted. He grew things like you and I would never imagine. He had a garden. You see, he knew what God desired. And when it came down to him making the choice of being generous and giving back to God, well, let's take a look at what he chose. As I said, it comes in Genesis chapter 4. It says, in the course of time, Cain... I'm in verse 3. In the course of time, Cain brought some. Listen, at least he brought something. It said, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. It says, the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. But on Cain... In his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very what? He was very angry. Some of us in this room, we know how Cain felt. Some of us are living and we're making these choices and it's all based about us. I cannot give this. I cannot give any more time. I cannot give any more of my finances. I need to hold on to them myself. Because if I give fat portions, then that may leave me without. And basically, we're simply saying, I must take care of myself because God obviously cannot take care of me. 
And because our generosity directly affects the fulfillment of our life, we are angry people. But we love Jesus. And so maybe that's why we, as a Christian culture, are turning so many people away. Because if this is what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus, then I won't know part of it. There's no wonder some of our homes look like they do. Because we have husbands. And can I just say, I don't care really what you think of me at this point, but I am going to be speaking from experience here. We have husbands who are very selfish. I I am so thankful that we have pastors on this staff who are honest. Because when Pastor Brent and Pastor Bradley spoke about relationships, man, they let the wall down to let you all know that there are some of us who even work at this church who don't have perfect marriages. And you know why they're not perfect? It's because we as husbands are a mess. But some of our homes look like they do because husbands are selfish and we're takers. And we know. Like we know what we need to be giving. But we're hoarders of grace. And we're hoarders of love. We're hoarders of our giving. Instead of being generous with all of those things. We choose to gratify ourself. Oh, women, listen, don't think you're getting off that easy. Ditto what I just said about the husbands. Your generosity in all areas of life greatly affect the fulfillment of your life. It greatly affects the fulfillment of your marriage. It greatly affects the fulfillment of your home. Cain knew. He probably saw his brother the night before and he said, Hey man, what are you taking for the offering? And and Abel said, Man, I am taking fat portions of my first animals. They are awesome. And this is going to be the best that I have to give. I guarantee you they probably talked about it somewhere. Abel brought fat portions. Cain couldn't even sleep that night because he was so angry because he knew that he was going to try to slight God and give him second best. And if you know the rest of the story, it made Cain so mad. His selfishness ate him up so much that he eventually killed his brother Abel. And then you have this guy by the name of Zach. I got a picture of Zach that I want you to see that you thought that this was Zacchaeus all your life. You see, we were taught in Sunday school that Zacchaeus was a what? He's just a wee little man, and he's so cute, and and he's so precious, and bless his heart that he's small, and that he had to climb a sycamore tree to see Jesus. And I tell you something, there's not a single one of you in here unless you, there's many of you in here that would probably like Zacchaeus. I just wouldn't hang out with him. You see, Zacchaeus was a traitor. Zacchaeus was a Jew, and Zacchaeus was the chief tax collector. And and only Roman citizens were chief tax collectors back in their day. 
because the Jews were under Roman rule and government. And so for a Jew to be a chief tax collector and going to collect unnecessary taxes from fellow Jews had to make him a hated man. This guy was a scoundrel. He cheated people. He allowed atrocities just to continue to take place and he saw his own people suffering for it. That's Zacchaeus, the wee little man that we grew up learning about. And you take a look in Scripture. It's right there in in Luke chapter 19. It talks about Zacchaeus. Luke 19 verse 1, it says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector. He must have been unbelievable at his job. He was a chief tax collector and he was wealthy. I said earlier, if this guy ran out of money, like if his checkbook started getting low, if he went to H&M and to Lids too many times and his checkbook started getting low, he just went out and got more money, no worries. And it says that he was wealthy. Zacchaeus must have tried everything else under the sun. He must have tried everything under his power. But his fulfillment was never met. How do I know that? It's because in that very next verse it says that he wanted to see who this Jesus was. Man, this guy didn't have any friends. The people that saw Jesus taking him to his house... And when people saw Zacchaeus and Jesus together, they said, Jesus, why are you going to that guy's house? He had no friends. I guarantee you, his fulfillment meter was below zero. And he was fed up. And he was sick and tired. And you know, he was being, he was sick and tired of being sick and tired. So he had to go see who this Jesus was. But can I tell you, his encounter with Jesus was no different than the rich young rulers. They met the same man. And there are some of us in this room today, we have met that same man. And today we have the choice, just like Zacchaeus. We have the same exact choice to make that the rich young ruler made. We have the same choice that Cain made. We have a choice, church, to be people of generosity or not. But I will tell you, I have never encountered a person of generosity who exuded sadness from their life. I've never met a person of generosity who was outwardly angry. It's because generosity is what fuels us as human beings. I said it last week talking about generosity and I will say it again today. Everything that God created, He created it to give.
I love what happens with Zacchaeus. I don't know exactly the message that Jesus shared with him. I wish he would have written that down because I'd share it with you guys every Sunday. Because <laughs> whatever Jesus said, like Zacchaeus said, man, if I've wronged anybody, I will give four times back. Like whatever those words are, I will say them. But we don't have those recorded. All I know is that Zacchaeus made a choice and it forever changed his life. Zacchaeus went from being a taker to a man of generosity. And I just want to say this as we close. You know, we don't just say things like we feel God's called us to this community to radically change it in the name of Jesus. No, we stand on that. And we call us crazy. We believe that we're going to see that happen. But radical transformation in the name of Jesus is not going to take place because a bunch of takers get together. No, radical transformation is only going to take place when you and I, the person you're sitting beside of, when we choose to be people of generosity, when we choose to be people of givers. That's the choice you have to make. And today I have no answers. I have no what's next. I have no next steps for you. Other than those three men all encountered God and all but one of them made a choice to be a man of generosity. I don't know how you feel right now. I don't know your emotional state. But I can tell you, I was with about 50 other people yesterday. And we were generous. I didn't see many tears. I didn't see any arguing. Man, I didn't see any selfishness. I simply saw a bunch of passionate Christ followers doing what they were called to do. Your generosity will greatly determine your fulfillment in this life. And it's all up to you. I find it interesting though. Of Zacchaeus. And of this rich young ruler. And Cain. Of those three men. I would have probably picked Zacchaeus as the last character. To radically change his life. So I don't want to hear any excuses in this room. Oh, that I'm too bad. Or I'm too selfish. Or that's just the way God made me. No, I still have hope. That if a man or a woman encounters the true Jesus. That he will radically transform 
their life. Today, God is in this place. And I know that he is saying things to you that I never could. Hey, God, I thank you for this opportunity. God, I thank you that we are able just to share your truth. God, I'm thankful that your son, Jesus, I'm thankful that he changes lives. And God, there may be someone here today who just simply needs to encounter him for the very first time. And then watch you change their life. God, I pray for this church as a whole. God, that I pray that we will people who choose to be people of generosity. And that we will give up things and we will give up our time. Yes, we will be very generous when it comes to our finances. God, we will be very generous when it comes to grace. God, that we'll be people of generosity when it comes to forgiveness. God, that we'll be generous when it comes to loving people. God, that we'll be generous when it comes to accepting people. Most importantly, God, we will be people who are generous in sharing the love of your son, Jesus. God, help us today to make that choice to be people who follow after your example. Jesus, we love you. And it's in your precious name we pray.